welcome to the HJ Talks About Abuse podcast, the podcast where we talk about sexual abuse cases in the hope that it will assist listeners in openly discussing topics which have been ignored for too long. This podcast is brought to you by the abuse team at Hugh James. We are lawyers, so we tend to speak about the legal aspects of abuse cases, but we aren't too shy to speak up about the broader issues faced by survivors of sexual abuse too. We hope that you find it interesting, but more than that, if you are a survivor of sexual abuse, we hope that you find our discussion empowering. Hello, my name is Alan Collins. I'm the partner who heads up the abuse team at Hugh James, and I'm joined by my colleague, Danielle Vincent. Hi, Danny. Hi, Alan. In this week's podcast, we're going to be talking about gender issues and in the context of the sexual abuse of children. But before we get going with this podcast, I need to remind you that we are obviously talking about sensitive issues, which can understandably be upsetting. And so if you feel that you might be distressed by what we're going to talk about, now's the time to switch off and go and do something else, if I can put it like that. Hopefully, you will remain with us for this podcast. And as I said, we're going to be talking about gender issues in the context of the sexual abuse of children. And why we have decided to talk about this is, of course, it is a topical issue, if I can put it like that, when we're talking about gender issues. And people can get annoyed, aggravated, upset. And I don't want us to get into any of that today. And so what we're going to be talking about is, as I said, in the context of CSA, and we're doing so because Sussex Police have been in the news. They really had it in the neck from some quarters, having been criticised, as the Home Secretary put it, policing pronouns. So the backdrop to all of this is that Sussex Police were criticised for policing pronouns, as it was put, after it said it would not tolerate hateful comments about a child sex offender's gender identity. And this was all to do with the conviction of a sex offender who goes under the name of Sally Ann Dixon. Now, Dixon had committed crimes as a man and some on social media objected to Sussex Police referring to Dixon as a woman. And Sussex Police hit back against, quote unquote, hateful comments. But the accusation was that they were playing identity politics. Sussex Police apologised and deleted its tweet, but it's an interesting story because it goes into the debate about the use of pronouns and gender issues. And I think you will agree with me, Danny, but we recognise as lawyers in the field of work that we're in that respect is absolutely vital. And we represent survivors of sexual abuse that come from many varied backgrounds, whether in the UK or internationally. And we don't judge, we just see the person in 
front of us. And I think that's a, an important message that we need to repeat perhaps time and time again. I think you would agree with me on that, wouldn't you, Danny? Yeah, I, I mean, as we've discussed, we've actually discussed issues in respect of pronouns quite a lot this week because, you know, we actually had some training on it because it, it is a, a bit of a complex issue of not offending and using the right terminology. And, you know, we're all learning in this, this is all changing. And as you say, it's not necessarily something we're going to get into a debate on, but this obviously did become a very big thing on on the internet. As you say, the, the force apologised and the, the tweet was deleted. But once it's out there, it's um, kind of out it's there. Out there. The, it's, it's out, out there, there for the world to see. Yeah. yeah. People get, rightly or wrongly, we're not here to judge, annoyed, upset. And of course, Dixon, you know, the important part of the story from our perspective of lawyers is that Dixon was convicted of a whole series of sex offences against children down in, in Sussex. And the Sussex Police press release that ignited all of this stated a woman convicted of historic offences against children in Sussex. Now, I, for a start, would never have used the word historic because for the survivors and victims, it's not historic. I don't know why the police use that term anyway. But leaving that to one side, their press release about Dixon being sent to prison for 20 years was headed woman convicted of historic offences against children in Sussex. It said that Sally Ann Dixon was sentenced at Lewis Crown Court after being convicted of 30 indecent assaults against her victims. I can see how this will cause issues because you know yourself, a, a lot of our clients that come to see us have seen press releases or convictions of somebody that has abused them. And one of the things that, that we see quite often is that gives somebody the strength to come forward because they realise they are not the only person that has been abused and that they are more likely to be believed because that is a one thing that really stops people coming forward is if, if that they're the only person that has ever made a complaint. So, you know, you do see these big headlines with names and actually if the name is changed and the reference to the sex has changed, that could possibly lead to people not coming forward. Excellent point. One that when I was looking at all of this, actually, I was thinking about other issues, but that is actually a very, very important point because this person, Sally Ann Dixon, used to be known as John Stephen Dixon. Mm -hmm. And so I would imagine, I don't know, that victims would have known their abuser as John Stephen Dixon and not Sally Ann Dixon. So it's an important issue, isn't it? Yeah. The other issue that I've come across a lot in my career, and I'm sure you have, we've talked about it actually on our podcast before, is male abuse to a male or female child sometimes is seen very differently in the media to a female abuse with children. So, you know, I've seen you tweet back on tweets that says a uh, female teacher has sex with pupils or female teacher has relations with pupils. And then when we see it with, with a male teacher, it's normally said rape or assault. Mm. And it's in the press, the terminology and sometimes the way that abuse is looked at wrongly, if it's a female adult and a child or, you know, a male junior is seen very differently, you know, and, and with our clients as well. Lots of clients that we've seen have said, you know, when I was younger and I disclosed 
that had been abused by an, an elder female, friends taking it jovenly, I guess, is, is perhaps the right or the wrong word. Whereas actually, if it had been an older male, I think still in the media and how it's portrayed in films and TV and just mm. in the press, it's very different. And that perhaps that may stop people coming forward if the reporting is changed depending on the person's now identified gender well that, that's very true isn't it because you you know there's been cases recently where a female teacher has been convicted of sexually abusing say a 14 or 15 year old boy mm-hmm. and you get the comments well what was he complaining about wasn't yeah. he lucky you know i wish she had been at my school this sort of thing so there's still in society a substantial i think element or section that don't get this and i think this sussex police case highlights the importance of language accuracy and the need for paramount respect for victims and survivors yes you're completely correct you know this is not a podcast where we're saying this terminology should be used or that terminology everybody's still negotiating around what is the correct terminology and reporting but I think it is very important if it's going to prevent survivors coming forward or abusers being identified for survivors that that really needs to be a key point taken in you you know there could have been an element that the name was reported formally known as Perhaps yeah. maybe that would have been appropriate. Maybe it wouldn't have, but it, it would have still made sure that potentially other survivors or maybe even key witnesses that needed to come forward for a criminal case or, or whatever future criminal cases would yeah, be aware. It, yeah, exactly. Quite. It may not have been necessary for Sussex police, which, you know, I need to make the point, it, you know, it apologised and yeah. made it clear that it wishes to be accurate and doesn't want to be inconsistent and and so on but picking up from where you have just left off Danny I think well the issue was that this person had been convicted and the issue of gender you know I'm thinking why did it need to be mentioned what everyone needs to know that this person Dixon who went under whatever names like you're saying, he could have referred to both sets of names, has been convicted and sent to prison for committing these horrendous crimes on children. You know, to go down this path of he, she, whatever, I don't think was remotely necessary. Yeah, I think you're completely right. I think there's an element as well that it could have upset the survivors even more, you know, Mm. incorrect terminology that they may think, well, no, actually, I, I was abused by a male. I was not abused by a female. So, yeah, you know, it's this Dixon known as X, Y has been convicted of committing sexual offences on children in Sussex. Yes. And as you pointed out, the force said it was reported that factually the findings of the court, which were heard, was that at the time of the offence, Dixon was living as a man, adding Mm. the relevant offence was recorded as being committed by a male. Yeah. And um, the danger with getting caught up in all of this is it, it becomes a distraction from the the real issue there was this person in the midst of these children who was committing um, horrendous crimes and a number of years later has been convicted and sent to prison for apparently 20 years but moving on from that it does highlight this question or series of questions about how is the justice system supposed to handle offenders who at the time that they committed 
their offences were one sex and then had decided, chosen, whatever, to become another because obviously it has implications for sentencing, which sort of prison do they go to, how are they treated, what happens if they get released from prison one day, how are they going to be managed in the community, how is the probation service and the prison service meant to assess risk when you have got those changes. And I'm not sure, from what I understand, that society has caught up with those questions yet and come up with answers. Yes, and I mean, this was one thing that we we all had a a chat about. And, you know, it's interesting. People have different, very different opinions on this. And it's like anything, decisions and changes are going to be having to be made going forward. You know, we know that you can be born a biological sex. You may not identify with that in respect of what your gender identity is. And when we were talking about this in our training, the thing that I was thinking about primarily was that, for example, say a a sex offender goes to prison and is one sex and but identifies with another and has the gender reform certificate or, or the correct terminology, apologies if that's correct, one, there is potential risk to other people in prison. There's also potential risk to them in prison because, you know, if somebody in the prison, another inmate is, is aware of that transition. So it's a real difficult one. And I wonder whether there'll be a position where the the government way open mixed sex prisons or prisons for transgender Mm. individuals and inmates and whether that will be something that's considered for for funding. Well, you see, you know, we've gone a long way as society, you know, and some people may not agree with it. But the fact is, we've gone a long way with Parliament legislating in these areas to give this sort of legal recognition to those individuals who go on these journey from A to B or C or whatever it is when it comes to their gender. So, you know, if Parliament has sort of sort of legalised that ability, that right, you can't just say to a certain group of individuals, the law doesn't apply to you because we're saying the law does apply to you because that's where you've been convicted and you've been sent to prison. So um, I think there's some very hard and difficult questions that need to be objectively asked and addressed because I can see that what we're talking about today with this conviction of Dixon and all the issues that that has possibly thrown up is going to happen again. Yes, it very well Mm -hmm. could. We have had quite a few chats about this and I've always looked at it from one side in respect of, especially in regards to prisons. And then it was the gender recognition certificate that I was referring to. And apparently that is very difficult to, to come about for somebody who is transgender. And so actually the other element is, is that an individual that is still identified as one sex, but but is living and feels that they are another, may be put into a same sex prison with, with people that they no longer identify. And there could be sexual offenders in prison that then assault them because at that time, they still have their their genitalia that they're, they're born with. So it's a really, really complicated issue. And, you know, we're just touching on it because of the, the headline that you found. But um, there's going to be a lot of change, I think, going forward in the years to come. And to sum up, a point that I tried to make earlier on, which is we're not here to judge. We're here no. to advise and represent survivors 
and we just know that, that survivors come from all sorts of different walks of life, different backgrounds, different communities, different countries, and we're the lawyers who try to bring about for them a piece of justice, if that is possible, and if that is what they want. Inclusive for everyone, yes. Yeah, that's right. Underpinning all of that is the fact that we have to be respectful. Yes, and, and as any listeners, that if we have used any terminology that's incorrect, we apologise. We are still very much learning ourselves. Yes, and by all means, put us right if we have strayed and um, have used a term or a word that we shouldn't have used because, as I said, we, you know, we're learning. And um, I think in this work that we do, we're always learning. So um, please do put us on the straight and narrow, so to speak. Anyway, so I hope this podcast was of interest. As always, if there is anything that causes you concern or if you have any questions or suggestions for future podcasts, please do get in touch. So it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Danny. Thanks, Alan. Thank you for listening to this episode of HJ Talks About Abuse. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Spotify or your favourite podcast player. If you'd like to speak to us about something you've heard today, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at aboutabuse at hjtalks.co.uk.